Hello folks and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Carl McDuff and I am cutting a bit of a deflated, frustrated figure this evening as we review Rangers one each draw away to Aberdeen. Here to pick apart the game and hopefully not throw the baby out with the bathwater and bring in a wee bit of objectivity. It's Shona, how are you today? Yeah, I'm a wee bit deflated like you are, but I'm um, glad to be on tonight just to talk about Rangers. I think today was definitely a missed opportunity, guys. So um, it'll be good to see what your, th- what your thoughts are in the comments. Um, are we going to put this down to a blip um, or is it a case of looking at the next kind of six to eight games that we've got this run in and see what Clement can do? Um, and if we win those games, maybe we can call this just a blip. Davy, how are you tonight? The, you know, the adding adding the the wise old head um, the ever positive you know I've been showing up feeling a bit too down you're going to lag us out of the depths of despair aren't you? Yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm afraid today Colin got to the 26th minute and then the door went and it was cut. My, my wife's cousin from right the other side of Holland had come in a surprise visit so I'm afraid from the 26th minute Luckily, they went away quite early, so I seen from the 65th minute. So that part of the game I missed. So I've just that part of sort of I just got on the highlights. So I wasn't very chuffed, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't see them very often, so I don't suppose I can say anything about it. Wait two weeks for Rangers to come back from an international break and it gets cut yeah. short. I feel for you, but no what. At least uh, yeah. <laughs> at least you were saved quite a quite a poor performance. Um, last but not least, hello to all the listeners watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and of course everybody else watching, uh, listening or watching after the fact. Um, if you are watching live, please get your comments in the comment section and let us know what you thought of today's uh, result. So, Sean, I'm going to start with yourself. Um, starting with the um, the starting lineup, and Davy is very kindly together a wee bit of a slide. So we had Jack Butland in goals, standard back four of Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun and Barisic, a midfield two of Alonso and Sifuentes with Lawrence just in front of him. And then Camwell and Sima and Danilo were the front three. So I wasn't too surprised with the with the lineup. Um we we don't have a many midfield options so he was kind of hamstrung in terms of his, his midfield selection on some in Sifuentes but other than that I didn't have any real surprises before the game what about yourself? No I think um, there was a wee bit of a conundrum to start with um, midweek as to what the midfield was going to be but I think if you looked at it you probably would have thought to yourself that was probably the midfield that we were going to go with and I think the rest of the players that we had uh, that were fit at this moment in time um, the only thing I would say is though is that obviously we can go into the players, um, but it just seemed to be as if we were far too narrow. Um, obviously, don't know if that was just the fact that we had the likes of Campwell out in the right or whatever that was, but um, and the likes of Lawrence with obviously not not that much pace. So that was the kind of the only thing that I thought within the game. I thought we don't really have much pace here, but I have to admit when I first saw that lineup, I thought no, look, this looks pretty decent. I thought it was very very much attacking as well against the likes of Aberdeen. So I'm sure we'll go into it, but the you no know, the t- Team lineup probably kind of said what it was going to be midweek. Um, I think when we found out that Sifuentes was going to be fit, we knew that he was probably going to be playing in there with Lundstrom. So, yeah, that was really what, what my take was from it. Uh, 
there is a few areas of the picture I want to I want to call out. David, before we do, what's your overarching feeling after after the, the game today? Um I'm seeing a lot of people really frustrated, quite angry. For me, I'm probably a wee bit deflated because I've seen this story before. Celtic drop points and Rangers don't take the opportunity. And um, I am going to be tailored in my criticism towards Clement. I don't think this is, you know, his fault. He's he, he is trying to work with um, a broken group of players. Um, but it's just uh, it's the same old story over and over again where Rangers get a given a golden opportunity and they don't take it. Yeah, and plus the fact you saw the old problem that we lose an early goal. Um, the first 20 minutes, we, we don't show up. Clement said himself that he was happy with the way that we came out and after that again, which I suppose is, uh, if, if this was under Beal, I think we would, the heads would have went down and we would have uh, probably maybe even lost more by more. Uh, well, obviously, we didn't lose, but probably lost. But... Um, yeah, you just you, you see these chances and chances. You see Aberdeen. Well, fair enough. They had two chance, two good chances. They should have actually been two 0 up uh, after the twenty minutes. And you just see them scoring, and then you see us chance after chance after chance. And yeah, your heart sinks. And at the end of the day, I mean that's two two games that a penalty saved us that that we've not even got the ball in the net. To be honest with you, and we did, we just didn't look what scoring. And then right after it, well, I won't, I won't jump the gun, but um, the original question was that the, my feeling is that unlucky, I feel rotten that we didn't win, but the fact that we kept going to 90 minutes sort of gives me a wee bit of positivity as well. Yeah, I think the effort was there um, towards the... Uh... Towards the end of the game, Shona Davies had a really good point there, but the effort wasn't quite there at the start of the game. Um, Rangers have a very, very bad habit of going away from home at traditionally difficult places and waiting until we get 25 minutes and they decide that they want to start playing football. Um, what is it like? What What is it? Is it nerves? Is it, is it complacency or? Are we maybe just not giving other teams enough credit? Um, I don't think, like, fair enough, Aberdeen, they played fairly well today. Um, but at the Rangers' point of view, that, that for only 10, 15 minutes in particular, we weren't out of the races. Why do we keep on doing this time and time again? I think this has got to be down to mentality. I think this is just the same old Rangers story. Um, I think the mentality of the players is we've known this for a while now. We've got the same back four as what we had under Gerrard. For a start, um, there's not really any freshness within that that back four of that defence. It was the same old mistakes. I'm pretty certain, obviously, the goal will go into it. But um, the same mistake was made in the old firm game when Kyogo was managed to get through and goal. It's simple mistakes. We need to learn from it. We should have learned from it. I think it was within the first, what was it, less than five or four minutes it was. It was four minutes into the game. And I think it was that, is it Scovler or Scovler, whatever his name is, that plays for Aberdeen. He already went on. One and one with the goalkeeper, Jack Butler makes an absolute brilliant save. So I think we should need to learn our lessons from this. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, guys, this was an opportunity for us to really put a marker down on this title. And at the end of the day, if you want to win these games, this is how you win leagues. Um, and unfortunately, we've 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 had one of those days where we've just had far too many missed opportunities. Even though we might have tipped uh, the amount of shots and everything that we had on goal, it's just not good enough. Um, 
I think we're very, very much new that from um, midweek, um, even after seeing yesterday's result, we we well knew that we could go into this game and we thought to ourselves, right, if we win this game, the title race is back on. Well, guys, we need we need to stop getting ahead of ourselves, I think, now. Um, I think what we've seen today was, don't get me wrong, we absolutely dominated that game, but it's the same old story. When we concede that early goal, the teams just sit back and, uh, yeah, for 90 minutes, and then we find it really, really difficult to break down. So for me, it's just the same old story. I think it's just the mentality of these players. I think the amount of times that we've conceded early goals, the amount of times that we don't get off to a good first half, this just kind of be just down to a blip. Um, well, I, might, I think the result might be just down to a blip, but I think the, the overall feeling that when we come back from an, an international break or if we play on a Sunday or they're playing on the Saturday, they drop points. Look, guys, it's a mentality issue for me, but look, as I said, the manager always talks about momentum and I think this is just taking a wee bit of a step back. Jonah, how often, how often have you heard this? Oh, well, I think we learned something today. <laughs> I want to know what we've learned because we don't seem to have learned. We're still making the mistake we made two, two years ago, maybe even three years ago. It's still the exact same. We haven't learned anything. We haven't. We keep doing the exact same thing. And just I'll get it in at the beginning right away. I don't want anybody talking about contracts for these players. These players, they've, 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 they've just been losers all along and we need to get these contracts for you for these players that are still here out of the way and there needs to be new there needs to be new blood in the team. And uh, right, let's let's dissect the game first before we start talking about next summer what's happening. Um, let's not jump too far ahead because I do want to talk about that. Um, but let's go back to the game where Davy. <sighs> There's a lot of criticism coming in for the defence um, and, and the comments, and I don't want to be, I, I don't want to go back myself. I, I think most of us have said that Wilson and Balogun have looked a solid centre half pairing um, since Clemence came in. They, they have probably been the preferred choice. Towards the, in the second half, they, they were fairly comfortable, which is really annoys me was the the, the lack of awareness on just not showing their experience, so they get caught out with a long ball. They know Mitrovic is going to do them for pace. Neither have the have the nuance to take a step back and just have half a yard, and we get we get stung with it. Um, it was a terrific finish from Aberdeen, but from a Rangers' point of view, it's it's not just getting caught out with that; it's getting caught out with that for a second time. I was really, really annoyed at that. Yeah, well, obviously, but but one saved us the first time, and I I dissected this uh, the the Aberdeen goal. You you saw the slides of it. It started off that uh, Tavernier was actually the nearest man to him, but he if you look at the beginning of the move to the to the actual uh, frame that the is it Milosevic you call him? Runs through. Tavernier's not moved. He's moved about one yard. So, Golden doesn't obviously. Golden seems to be standing watching. His body's totally square to to Milosevic. And the only one that's sort of a, trying to, to do anything is, is, is Balligan. But he's obviously out, not getting the pace to, to, to catch uh, Milosevic now. And now, obviously, he's got a run through and goal. But the whole thing, if somebody jumps with the, the Aberdeen player, if somebody jumps with him, he's not going to get the, 
the accuracy on the header that he got on it because he put the ball exactly where he wanted to put it. And obviously, I think this is a trained move because they they, they obviously done this before. And even if, uh, yeah, I don't know, even long before that, the pressing up front was absolutely terrible to, to get the ball back to the goalkeeper. Uh, and the goalkeeper, they even, they even done a, a bad pass back to the goalkeeper. And he had he had all the time to, to run away to his right and put the ball up the part right onto the boy's head. That's, a, that's all things that I think are, 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 are the same mistakes that we're making, uh, as I say, the last years. And hopefully Clement, Clement keeps saying that he, he breaks down these games and he analyses all everything. And well, hopefully he analyses this and realises what's because just everybody. I mean, there was Sif Juventus was standing doing nothing. Wunstrom uh, was standing doing nothing. Tavernier was standing doing nothing. Goldson was standing doing nothing. And Balogun tried, and that was it. So it's just uh, no, really bad, bad, bad defending. Um, I should correct Davey and I. It isn't uh, Mitrovic or Mitrovic, it's uh, Miofsky. So we both got that wrong. But either way, the, the big prick who scrolled for Aberdeen, um, we can call him that. I'm sure we can all agree that is a nickname. Um, so, Shona, yeah, again, like just as we spoke about, what find ourselves 1 0 down, um, probably could have been you know, 2 by rights if it wasn't for, for Jack Butland. Um, big, big, super safe hands as always. <laughs> I did think the more the first half um, went in, the more comfortable Rangers looked. Um, and we, we started to dominate the ball. We started to, And we did create chances. And I, I think the Aberdeen goalkeeper pulled off maybe two or three really decent saves. And this really then set the tone for the afternoon of Rangers not looking very troubled at the back. Getting any good spaces, but just no clinicality about them at all. No ruthlessness. Um, which is frustrating uh, because you know we've you know Danilo he's we've been saying it's going to come for him going to come Seema's been like terrific recently um but it, I don't know was it just no real day going forward or did maybe the lack of options from the bench was that maybe something like what what would you put it down to? I actually, guys, just think it wasn't our day. I think you can't have that many shots on target. Um, you can't have that many opportunities like we did. I think the amount of times that I thought that ball was going into the back of the net and for somehow it just so happened to either hit the crossbar or it hit, managed to, the goalkeeper managed to save it. I think the goalkeeper did have a pretty good game, to be honest. But I do think, obviously, when we got into that box, some of the, the chances that we did create, there was a bit of a little, little bit that there wasn't enough uh, clinical uh, finishes in there, especially the one with Lammers with the header, and I think there's one with Danilo as well. So look, I think um, I think we've got to just put it down to look at the look at the stats when you look at the XG. We should have scored three goals today, and if you if you look at that, XG is always down to either bad goalkeeping or poor finishing, and I, uh, sorry, good goalkeeping and bad and then poor finishing. And I think we can see that was probably a mix up between the two today. I think. After that, uh, Aberdeen goal went in. We absolutely dominated, as you can see. We absolutely dominated possession. We had 22 attempts on goal, 10 on, 10 on target, target. Now you're they're talking 10 on target, and we didn't even score a goal. That that that's incredible stats, by the way. I'm I'm, I'm not just saying that just because it's Rangers, but any other team that's out there, because obviously one of those goals on um, on target will not be the penalty, because that's that's from a, um, a obviously a, I'm sure the penalty is not included on shots on goal. But look. 
even they went a block shot, seven block shots. So I think what we we did miss an opportunity, well, guys, was the amount of corners that we had. I thought we were very dangerous from corners, but we weren't clinical enough in front of goal. So I think overall, I think um, you can look at that. And I, I do think today was a blip. That's what I'm trying to put this down to. Because I think any other day, we would have won that game. But we really need to, as David said, we need to cut out these mistakes within um, defence. I thought, obviously, in the first half, the midfield as well, there was not enough. Um, John Lundstrom and Sifuentes were not playing um, too, they were not playing close enough to each other in the in the mid midfield. There was too much of a gap between the midfield and the attack. And Aberdeen were just allowed to have five midfielders just sit right in there and sit right back for 90 minutes. What I would say, though, is I was a wee bit disappointed in the in the ref today. I thought today the amount of times that Aberdeen was time-wasting was unbelievable today. The amount of times they were trying to concede three kicks. I even saw at one opportunity that the guy there was a guy that was down on the wing. The ball was played down to him in attack. I think it came a wee deflection off Danilo. He could have taken the player on. He had enough space to put in the box. No, what did he do? He puts it out for a throw-in. It's just the amount of time-wasting that's, that's getting done in our game that really pisses me off. But no, I think apart from that, I think um, the overall feeling is that I think it was definitely a missed opportunity today. I think any other day, David, I, I, I kind of disagree with David and he said, said the other, earlier on it was really, really poor. I honestly think that we couldn't we could have played any better. I think any other in the amount of opportunities that we did create, um, I, I just didn't think it was our day today and I, I felt that after the, the, the Aberdeen goal went in. And that's, I, I did feel that throughout the, the game um, where... Yeah. Rangers weren't terrible, and I know there's a lot of um, opposing views to that in the comments. Um, but I, I think taking the emotion out of it, if I was watching, if I was watching two neutral teams, I wouldn't think it was you know that the away team were terrible. It's just in the context of I know what happens, I know why this, I know why this happens, and it will continue happening again with this Rangers side. That's that's what adds. Uh, you know, that, that's what probably adds anger and frustration. But, Davey, um, a few few areas I would do what I talk about. Um, I'll, I'll let you get your lonesome rants out nice and early. Um, I think John Lundstrom and Ryan Jack have been been forming a solid partnership um, over the last few games. Ryan Jack typically comes back for international duty. Um, barely even kicked the ball for Scotland, I need to add, and he's unavailable. So Fuentes, um he was, I don't think he was overly terrible. He was just very passive. Um, he let the game drift, drift them by a lot, which sometimes that's just as bad in the midfield and actually playing poor uh, because we need the midfield to influence it. I think there was just a big a big gap between the midfield and the attackers. Um, you know, we, the, there wasn't enough of atta an attacking threat for one strum and Sifuentes when we dominated the ball. Get yourself off mute. This is your chance to put the dig into John Lundstrom. You like Rangers, you're, you're giving up your chances. I forgot I was on mute. Um, if I just can say something uh, about time-wasting, what Shona brought up. See the keeper diving after he's caught an easy ball. And also that kidding on, you're running fast, but you're virtually running in the spot. I think the referee should book players that do that right away. Because it's so obvious it's wasting time. And wasting time is a bookable offence. So that that I'll get that rant out the road I'm, first. I'm of sorry, all. see on the time wasting. I think it's very easy when you drop points, but in Europe we we used to adore when Alan McGregor would do the theatrical dives and the, the stupid shit. I think 
time wasting. It's time wasting. Then they then they drop Rangers points today. Rangers did. Um, I get like the officials need to do better in the Scottish game in general because far too many teams do it. But I I, I think it's several grapes if we talk about time wasting. If I'm being honest, I, I, I totally agree with you, Colin. But I mean, even Rangers players should get booked if they do it. They should just I, if, I, if, I, if, if, a, if a few players do it, get booked right away. Then they'll stop it. It's as simple as that. But anyway, that's that. That's that. Ran over. I've now forgotten your your original question. The, the, I thought the, the the midfield today. I'm, I'm not going to be. I, I thought Lundstrom stayed far too deep, and he was getting the ball off the centre half again, and uh, and playing the, the the way that he sort of was playing on the peel. But I think the, the the fact was that they they were actually playing with five men in the midfield, and if you went us and and Lundstrom were a bit, bit run over a wee bit, uh, it was just too much for them. I thought Seema had a stinker of a game. I didn't think he was that great today, uh, which didn't help because obviously when 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 the other teams get five men in midfield, you are wanting to get your 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 wide players involved as well. But uh, no, I, I think. I don't think Lundstrom had a stinker, to be honest with you. But as I said before, as I, I, I think it's yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll not go on in my my Lundstrom brand. But uh, it's, it's it's time some players moved on. Let's put it that way. Shona, it's interesting. Like we know Rangers fans, like well, a broad church man. So that old anecdote of you get two Rangers fans stranded on a desert island. By the next day, there'll be three Rangers supporters clubs. Um, we don't agree in too much. And God Campwell is a talking point in the comments tonight. Some are saying that he, that was like he was arguably one of the worst players in, on the park. Others are saying he was man of the match. Um, I want to get both your comments on this. I'll be honest. I I think Campwell is wasted out in the right-hand side, but he's not shown enough to get in ahead of Tom Lawrence right now, for example. I thought Lawrence was the better player of uh, him and Campwell today, but I didn't caveat that with Campwell was probably being played out of position. What was your thoughts on Campwell and, and recently him being played out wide right? Right, before I get on to Campwell, I want everyone in the comments to think to discuss this and see what you think. I actually think Cantwell, when he got the ball in the middle of the park and he drove forward, that's when he's at his base. I'm pretty certain most people will agree in that. And I actually thought Tom Lawrence was very dangerous off the right-hand side. I thought Seema was very poor. And I thought to myself, I thought, wonder if we could put Lawrence out on the... Uh, sorry, well, Lawrence, well, Lawrence was out on the left-hand side. He was playing really, really well. Seema's actually came off the right-hand side, didn't he? That was his natural position, was more to come off the right-hand side. We've been playing more Seaman out in the left, and he's been playing really, really well. I wonder if we can actually put Cantwell through the middle, Tom Lawrence on the left, and put uh, Seema on the right with Danilo up front and see how that would go, because I think that's where you're going to find uh, Cantwell at his strongest. I feel as if when Cantwell's out on the right-hand side, he's very much in and out of a game, very much in and out of a game. He goes through spells where you think, wow, Catmull's managed to get down to the byline. I think he managed to get uh, get down to the byline. I think he brought it back for, I think it was Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence then had the shot off the crossbar at one point. So there was moments within the game that Catmull um, did really, really well. But obviously that wasn't for 90 minutes. And I haven't really seen a 90-minute performance out of Catmull so far. So I, don't, I agree. I don't think we should be playing Catmull down the right. I thought when he got the ball in the middle of the park and he drove towards 
their their defence. That's when it created opportunities and more space opened up. And uh, I think Cantwell's probably. I think Lawrence is a better finisher than Cantwell. But I think what Cantwell can do, he can put in a ball like an assist that you'll never see before. He can try. He can honestly put something through with the blind of an eye, and, and honestly, you wouldn't even notice that he'd, he'd done it. Um, so, like, I think um, very much so. I don't know what the guys in the comments think about that having Lawrence out in the left because I thought when Lawrence cut in back in a couple of times, I think he had the one when it was the was it it was Danilo, wasn't it? There was the the, the pass to Danilo. I think um, um, Lawrence had dummied it for Camwell. Camwell back to to um, Lawrence, and Lawrence managed to get a shot and goal and it. The, the goalie just managed to put it wide and unfortunately there was nobody else in the box. And I think that was our biggest problem today, guys. When we were going forward and the guys were getting the balls in the box, there wasn't enough attackers. They had about seven or eight guys in their box and we had about two guys to go for. So I think um, in the second half, we saw an improvement. But for that many attackers that we had on the pitch um, for the starting lineup, it was a wee bit disappointing not to have those guys in, in, the, in the middle of the box when we had those opportunities. So I think we got better in the second half, but yeah. I would say that uh, Cantwell didn't have his best of games, but I, would, I wouldn't have him on the right-hand side. Maybe with the... Just with the Cantwell position, because I, I want to come to the white formation and, and the wide areas as a separate issue, but Cantwell, um, I, I do feel a bit sorry for him. I, I think Clement's been trying to shoehorn him and then shoehorn certain players in. And Campbell's obviously a talented player, so I don't know if it's maybe the fact that Clermont has a bit more faith that Campbell can play out of position a bit better than a Lammers or a Lawrence. Um, but I think we need to be ruthless and play players in their own position and just have Campbell or Lawrence battling it out, for example. Campbell and Lawrence, they have that similar trait where they can make something out of nothing. Um, I, I think they can drifting and when they are drifting in and out of games they always have that spark um it's just a shame we i, I think we need a bit more with uh personally i i, I totally agree with, with shona I, I would put longs out in the left with cantwell behind the strikers in the in the 10 position uh i think that's uh and then sima or matondo although i don't know I, I, the times I've seen Matondo on the right, he's, he's not done as well as, as he sort of does on the left. So I don't know whether whether Matondo is a, is a great one. I think you would need to, but I mean, you could always use Matondo when Lawrence needs a rest or, or whatever. But um, no, I definitely I definitely think that would do that. I, mean, I, I don't see the point when Cantwell out on the right, to be honest with you. I don't think uh, he, he brings that much into the team when he, when he plays out there. And when uh, Lawrence, with the, the chance that uh, Shona was talking about, actually Cantwell was right up there. If, if the keeper had, uh, had, hadn't had put the ball, saved the ball to his own player, Cantwell was just sitting waiting to tap it into the net. So, it, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. And I'm, I don't think we're seeing the best of Todd Cantwell out, stuck out in the right anyway. And I would definitely give him a chance. And if you want to, I don't know whether we're going to come on to Lammers or not. I'm a jump the gun with that one, Colin, or have you? Just on the, if I can come in on the Tom Lawrence on the left, I like to look at him at Derby uh, when he played as a kind of inside left. Um, he's very good at putting, uh, putting inside. Um, he's not blessed with blistering pace, 
But so no, I'll bring you back in for this one. I think Rangers have looked most threatening under Clement when we have two natural wingers and we have a bit of pace up front. So that's mainly been Sima and McCausland. Matondo looked all right when they came on. So I wonder if we do play Sima on the right and Lawrence on the left, um, are we just going to have the same issue that we have with Todd Campwell right now where our game's a little bit imbalanced because we don't have that natural pace on either side? Yeah, I thought today, guys, I don't know what you guys thought, but I actually thought they were playing more like inverted wingers. I don't think Simo was playing that that wide. Anytime he did get wide, he just he was he was very, very poor within the game, I thought. So I just thought that, that Tom Lawrence down that side, maybe it was just because Sima had an off day. But I thought um, Lawrence down the left-hand side was far more threatening than what Sima was all day. So, um, look, I don't know if it's something that the manager will look at, but... Uh, no, for me, I think uh, Seema was far more, th- eh, sorry, Lawrence was far more threatening down that left-hand side. But I think we played very, very narrow today. I really did. I really thought that we did play. We didn't play with that much width. And when Matondo came on, I thought he made a bit of a difference. But I don't know if that's just because Seema had played so bad and Matondo was able to get by his players and get down the wing with his pace. But um, it did show today that I think we were missing them um, definitely having pace down both wings. But we did have McCausland on the bench. I thought maybe we went Seema and went with McCausland instead of Campwell. So if, he, if, he, if if the manager thought that obviously he wanted pace, but obviously not, he wanted to go down. I just thought that we were playing far too narrow, and I think that's what you're going to have to do. If, if, if um, Campwell's playing out on the on the right-hand side, I think you're going to have to play like him as like an inverted winger. I just think naturally Campwell's just not got the pace to get down there, so he's obviously going to come in further, further insides for me. So I think the manager's got to look at these in game-to-game, because I thought today there was quite a lot of open spaces for us to... To obviously uh, for our opportunities and attack, and we just didn't we just didn't capitalise on them today. So, David, I do want to talk about the strength and depth, which kind of leads me into your point there about Sam Lammers. Um, I think there is a big drop off in quality from what we see as our best 11, and then who comes on um, to, to challenge for that. Um, also, we have Lawrence or Campbell in that number 10 position, both were going off at that point, and Lammers was the only real option. I have been trying to maybe bat a wee bit for Lammers and saying that yeah, he's finishing isn't he hasn't he been great. But you can see his involvement in the in the build up plays, but he's done me no favours today. I, he didn't do anything for me, he didn't add any value today. And when you mentioned Sam Lammers, the, the most common theme in the comments was just say basically, do we have to speak about him? Um but I think it's 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 deeper than just Lammers as well. Danilo was having an off day as well. We only had one striker on the bench, um, and that is Cyril Dessers, who's probably in the same camp as Lammers. But we, whether it's through players returning for injury or more players coming back in January, we need a better quality of player to be pushing the first eleven. It just seems to be calling that the other team need one chance, and we need fifty chances to. I mean, Danilo. I didn't think he played bad, and he, but he had three, three, I think, really good chances, and he didn't take one. Well, other other strikers are getting one chance and they're taking it, and we were talking about players out of position. Well, Sam Lammer said he's a striker. I've never seen a striker head a ball as bad as he headed that ball straight at the keeper today. Absolutely, absolutely shocking. The whole of the, the whole of the net, virtually wide open to him. And he heads the ball straight straight into the hands of the keeper. So I mean I mean a good striker and 
the shot before that he had it go, but it ended up in about row fifty-four. Luckily, that, that the penalty came from that, so I suppose I suppose it was good he put out could put out a play so his far could look at the penalty decision. But um, no, I, I, I just don't see it with him at the moment, Colin. And everybody keeps saying, yeah, we'll get better. And the, the news that we sort of heard was that the Rangers really rate him. The, 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 the high people at Rangers really rate him. Uh, I, I think they must be watching a different game than, than we're watching, to be honest with you. I don't know I don't know who comes away with that. I don't know whether it's true or just a rumour. But, uh, well, he seems to keep getting, uh, getting picked anyway. And what happened to Dessers today? He didn't. He didn't show up at all. And a day that we possibly could have put an extra striker up front, then, uh, then 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 he just gets kept in the in the bench. So I, I don't really I don't really know what was uh, what was getting into that. But um, listen, Clement is just getting to to see everybody now. He's he's still at the early stages. He's been in a few weeks. He's got to he and he can't do anything to January at least. So. I, I'm not going to blame Coman for any of this, but hopefully he's he's taken in what he's seen. And the, the fact is, I mean, we're stuck with Lammers and Dessers for the next three, maybe four years. So we'll just need to we'll just need to try and shoehorn them in somewhere. <laughs> just uh, just as you said that, you know, some comments coming in. Can we get a can we get a refund for Lammers? Um, somebody actually said there in the comments that today was Dessers' best game for the Angels. Um, uh, Shona, we've spoke time and time again about all the players getting a blank slate um, and or, or a blank page under Clement. Um, we are, we are, we are judging Lammers and Dessers based on August. Um, is that maybe a bit of un, unfairness? Do we need to give them the same amount of time we're going to give Todd Campwell, or is it because Campwell has that credit in the bank already? Are we being too harsh on these two? For me, I think the jury is probably still out for the manager on these two. I think the fans just can't get to grips with Lammers and Dessers. They just really can. And I and I'm fair play to the, the fans. I can understand that. I don't think the both of them have been very, very poor. We had very high hopes for Lammers for what we saw in pre-season in those training videos, um, etc. And the likes of obviously Dessers. I think I saw a goal the other, the other day about from Feyenoord that he scored. I think it was all over Twitter. Obviously, that must have been his brother because I don't know who we've got. But look, I actually thought that Dessers and Lammers had started under the new under the new manager slightly better. I thought the performances were slightly better. I actually don't think that Lammers was as bad as what people are making out today. I don't think he was great. I think he should have scored that goal, David. I think that's it. But do you know what? At least he's getting into these positions. That's all I'm saying at the moment. It's, it's gradual build-up. I think what these two, you've got to give them to at least the summer. I think if we're going to go out and try and splash money on other... I think we do need a striker. Um, do you think there's other players that could probably play better in Lammers' position just now? Probably. But the problem is, like David said, we've got them on contracts and we need to obviously get a tune out of them because... Or the, the manager, should I say, needs to get a tune out of them because we guys... We can't have a four and a half million pound player on big wages sitting on the bench and you're trying for us then to try and sell these guys if they're not playing any football. You're not going to sell them and you're going to make a massive loss. So like we've got to try and get a tune out of these things and I've got I've got to say I'm just gonna stick by the manager. If the manager can give these guys a run out of the games into the summer and then we can physically ju- judge them in the summer, that'll be my take on it. At the moment I just trust in what the manager does because I do agree that the Lammers and Dessers is they're not playing great. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I did see a slight improvement 
when they were in the team. So um, maybe today, I don't know why Dessers never came on. I did say at one point, what, we've got nothing to lose. Why don't you just bring them on? That's obviously down to the manager. I thought when Lammers came on, he made a really, really nice pass for, I think it was down the wing, and he made a really nice cross ball right over the top. There was nobody in the in the box at that moment. I don't know how many times they, he managed to get the ball within the six-yard box, and there was nobody there to put it in. And I agree with David. I think at the end there, he probably could have won us all three points, but it was a pretty poor header. Um, but anywhere else, like you said, David, that was probably in the back of the net. But I thought actually Lammers probably contributed more than what McCausland did, even though I'm a massive fan of McCausland. Don't think he really came into the game when he came on. So I think we're a wee bit harsh to judge Lammers today and his performance. When, to be honest with you guys, I think there was other people that were really, really poor. I thought Borna Barisic was very, very poor today. I thought his crossing, everything about Borna Barisic today was really, really poor. And I've been, I've been praising the guy, but I thought today he was probably the worst player on the park. What one was absolutely furious at Barisic for? For passing the ball back to him when when he when he should have been putting it forward. Ah, and rightly so. And and Davey, I think um I've said time and time again since he signed Yilmaz, I really like the look of Yilmaz. I think Barisic played today and he played um before the international break because the manager wanted a set of defence for the European game. So if we didn't have uh the slum all until tonight. I think it would have been Yilmaz. I do think the manager likes Yilmaz. Um, but Borna Barisic, I was a big, big fan um, when he was at his peak. And I probably hung on longer than most in terms of turning on him. Uh, and I know that sounds terrible turning on I want him to do well. If he does well, it's more likely the Rangers will do well. I just don't see the benefit of having him um, over Yilmaz when Yilmaz is available. I don't know. As we said in the, the daily news this week for, for, for members, which I'll, I'll give our membership page a, a little shout for £1 a month, um, that the seemingly the agent of, of Yilmaz was at Ibrox this week, or they met with the Rangers uh, hierarchy. And yeah, I don't know what obviously what came out of that, but obviously they, they're not happy that, uh, that he's not getting game time. So I don't know what will happen. Yeah, I think the physicality of him is the thing that beats him, Colin. I think the yeah, that that back post header that that I, from Hearts. I think that that really showed him up for the for. Uh, I mean, it's a shame to keep giving the guy the blame for that. Aye, but, uh, but Shankland, Shankland beats most defenders in the SPL with that header. If I was born a Barisic, I would have fancied Shankland to have beat. Um, um, Barisic with that. I think it was his positioning instead of his physicality with Yilmaz. I think I think Barisic would have put up a, a better, at least jumped with him. But can I just say one thing, Colin, to go back a wee bit? Talking about two strikers, Aberdeen uh, actually affected our play by playing two strikers up front. Because that that's it. They, they stopped us building from the back. In the second half, it didn't, but they obviously they, they, they pulled right back. But in the first half, they kept two strikers, which meant that we couldn't build up from the back and, and kept hitting the ball long. Obviously, they, they were a packed midfield and a packed uh, defence as well. So the ball was coming back just as, yeah, just as quick. So um, that was just, I just wanted to bring that in. And, and, I, and I still don't understand why 
we don't. But, I mean, we've, that's with three managers now, and we've never ever played with two strikers, I don't think, maybe once or twice. It's certainly not a, a regular thing. So that that's... Uh, I think I think we should we should go that way. Barisic and Yilmaz, I'm not I'm not sure, but I, I think Barisic is a better player if he's on his game, and I think he's been playing quite good recently. I I, I don't see Yilmaz that, that see that watching Yilmaz. I think I think we need we need this one position. We need to go out and get a better player for. On the two sides, I think I get the want for that because you know and. In days gone by, like most cycles would equal more attacking threat. But I think when teams just give give up possession of the ball, we need more creativity from in deep. Like I, I think Gerard got caught out with that a couple of times when he tied two up top where yeah, we had an extra player up um in the center up standing next to the center half, but it was one less player to do something and break the lines with. So I think that would maybe come in there. And again, I could maybe see the argument more if we had better options up front. Um, Danilo, he's probably the, the main man up front now, and even he still has to, he, he has to find a bit of consistency. Dessa's not doing it, and Kmart Roof is in the Southern General. Um, do you know what, Colin, right? Just, oh, just a wee quick one on that. Do you know who I think we're exactly missing? And I am not one for bringing back old players, but we need this team. And Alfredo Morelos, I was going to say, right, I would love that. But honestly, like, see a guy that can hold up the ball. I think under Danilo, Danilo's not very good at holding up the ball, which then doesn't allow us attackers to. I remember the times that the, the amount of times that Morelos used to get the ball and used to come really, really deep. But that then allowed, obviously, the attackers to then go wide. It created that space, allowed the, the, the midfield to get up. Um, and then, obviously, then Morelos would make that run into the box. I just don't think we've got that under Danilo. I think that's the kind of striker that, that really suits us as a team. I really do. I think that's the kind of guy that you want. Obviously, we thought that within Dessers. Dessers is obviously not good enough for that. But that's the kind of type that we need. We need somebody in that midfield that can really hold that ball up well and come deep. Hello. Aye, and it's it's hard because Morelos, we at his best, he was unplayable at this level. Um, but you know, but that's probably almost hindered life after Morelos because we couldn't really, we couldn't really get the a uh, quality second striker because he would never play. Um, because Morelos was always there. Then you know, we're almost trying to get two or three players to do the the job that one one man would do. Um. It just because it's hard to do it doesn't mean that it, it can't we shouldn't try and do it. Um what I was really coming to you on Shona was the, the equalizer then. So obviously the oh, the referees were kept a close eye on Celtic CGM and thought let's not disappoint. So let's give them a, a um a conspiracy to speak about. Um it's a stonewall penalty, there's no getting away from it. And I know the counter argument is that or oh, if that's a penalty, then there's gotta be five, six, seven penalties a, a game. That's like me getting caught robbing Santander in my defence saying, Here, I have seen hundreds of people rob banks, like so I should get away with it. Like it's a fucking foul. But James Davin, your credit with credit's due. Um I was worried uh, about this because how much was riding on it and it's just it looked as if we were having a off day with the mentality. And he's he's matched quite a few. Um what, maybe two or three this season. Fair credit where credit's due. 
perfectly placed penalty, outwitted the goalkeeper, and Captain Fantastic saves a, a point. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was some finish from Tav, wasn't it? Straight down the middle, so um, right high. I don't think the goalkeeper had any chance. And uh, like you said, Colin, it was a blatant foul, wasn't it? Um, I think, am I not right in saying there was another team yesterday that got pretty much the same foul? Or is that the same team that can't obviously do mass either? Because as far as I'm aware, am I not right in saying, judging by the mass, that they've actually had more penalties than us this year? So they can shove their conspiracies where the sun doesn't shine. So um, the only conspiracy that we've got, do you know what I mean, is the fact is that we just love to get a penalty, don't we? We love those three famous words. So they can continue on with their conspiracy theories all the time. But no, I thought Tav took his penalty. I thought it was a blatant foul on corner goals. And I think nowadays, guys, you're not going to get away with that at all. Um, you're not going to get away with that, not like the one that happened yesterday. Their one was probably softer than the one that we had today. So I don't know why um, Barry Robson is coming out and complaining about VAR. I understand why people keep on complaining about these penalties to Rangers because at the end of the day, it is a penalty to Rangers. And I thought Tav does, Tav does what Tav does best and uh, puts it into the back of the net. And your, uh, your captain's there to get dig you out of a hole. And I thought to myself after that, I thought, I wonder if we'll get maybe about 10 or 15 minutes added on because that's what happens to another team. But no, unfortunately, we didn't. So, um, but yeah, I think um, we were kind of done out with a wee bit of time there with the with the amount of time they took to, to come to that decision. So that's the only kind of downside that I've got about VR is the amount of time it took for um, Nick Walsh to come to that penalty. I don't know how many times. I think it took about two and a half minutes to come to that decision. That needs to obviously cut out in, the, in this game. But no, um, Tav does what Tav does best. Davey, any, any objections that it was a stonewaller? Yeah, but, no, it was, a, it was a stonewaller, but if I just want to say, there was quite a few people said uh, goals went down easily. The fact is, see if you don't go down, you don't get a penalty. You, you, they've made it that you've got to go. I've never seen a penalty being given by a player that stays up on his feet. And uh, I mean, Golden did make a meal of it. Let's face it. I mean, the the at the end up, I think it was a dive. To be honest with you, but uh, there's no getting away from it. The the guy had his shirt long before the the block from Lammers, so that that can't play a part in it. That that's what what um, Robson was shouting about, and he was also shouting about the uh, Golden lifting his arm after the that the incident after the. Goes and lifts his arm and then hit the guy, the Aberdeen guy in the face. It was a yellow card. It's not a red card. It, it, it just, these things, and that, that's the one unfortunate thing about far. I'm, I'm all for far. But the unfortunate thing is, see when you slow things right down and stop it, it always looks far worse. In, in real life, if you just lift your arm and, and, and it shaves somebody's chin, then, but if you stop it and, and it's the, your arm's on the chin, then it looks, it, it looks really, really bad. But most of the time, it's not as bad as it looks. And that's a, that, that's the kind of thing, uh, a, a, definitely a stonewall penalty. As I say, as I said, you, you've virtually got to go down now these days to get one. So I, I don't see why anybody can complain about players not going down. Hi, well, just on the VAR, when you slow things down and still images not given a, a true... A true reflection, if MD's seen the STV interview of people up and down Buchanan Street, that guy that says, ah, VAR. It's like you can slow, 
you can slow a kiss down and make it look like a porno. Um, I think that perfectly encapsulates like the point you're trying to make, David. Like everything looks worse than a still image, but it's played at real time. Um, the last point I've got to come to then, um, and it's something that we we touched on in the Q and A um, about players, uh, players who should be here for next year. Um, we are starting to, we're going to be. In January, in like five weeks, and Davies mentioned it already. New contracts, and Sean, I'll come to you first. Then um, contracts expiring um, this this summer. Um, obviously, Abdallah Sim was going to go back to Brighton, so we won't include him. And Ross McCausland looks set to sign a deal for 2027. We've got John Lundstrom, Borna Barisic, Ryan Jack, Kemal Roof, John McLaughlin, and Leon Balligan. So, out of those. Six, who do you keep? Out of those six, you would get rid of. Well, the ones I would definitely get rid of, obviously, the ones that are on probably the higher wages, and that would be definitely Kimar Roof. I think Kimar Roof's time's up. I think you just can't rely on him anymore, unfortunately. Do you know what I mean? So, um, no, for me, Kimar Roof will have to go. Um, I think um, the likes of Ryan Jack, I think, unfortunately, guys, I think Ryan Jack's time is up at Rangers. I love Ryan Jack to bits. But we just can't go through another season with the same midfielders that we've got. We need to obviously freshen that. I think that's definitely one that we need to look at, possibly January. Hopefully, obviously, get into the summer because the likes of Sifuentes and Raskin cannot be relied on midfield. The good thing is, guys, we do have a lot of guys coming back, which is good to see. It was good to see, obviously, the likes of Lawrence back fit. So, um, obviously, we just need to get the likes of um, of Raskin back in there as well, um, and it will be under, under the manager. But I think at this moment in time, the only ones I'd probably give a new contract out of all those players. I think you would have to look at Borna Barisic. The only reason I want to say about Borna Barisic is that he is an internationalist. If he goes on and does okay in the Euros, I think you could possibly get a bit of money for him. Look whether you want to take that risk and offer him another year's contract. With obviously, I think you would have to offer him two years, to be honest with you, because obviously the financial security under under Borna. I think um, for me, I wouldn't be too fussed if Borna Barisic left, but obviously. You guys, we need to do look at this player trading model as well. And I think the only two at the moment I'd probably give a new contract to is pro probably John Lundstrom. I think the jury's still a little bit out with me with that one. I think he's got to prove himself a little bit more. But I think with the amount of midfield options that you're maybe thinking about, if these guys are out of contract in the summer, I don't think it's ideal to bring in two extra midfielders or maybe three in the summer. So I would say probably give a lot John Lundstrom another contract and I'm not sure about Balogun because I really want our, us to refresh in that defence but for me Balogun's probably been our best centre-back so probably the jury's still out for me on him So, but the rest of them I think possibly have to go. So David before I hand over to you I'm going to put my toppings worth in and I'm going to try and be sensible about it um, and I will take all the heat coming my way from the comments for what's about to come but it's, it's no football manager we're playing. Um, ultimately, we still need a squad. Um, we, we we still need a squad of professional players. And it's very easy to say, get rid of all six of them, plus the deadwood that we want to sell on, um, whether that be Kieran Bill or Sam Lammers or Cyril Dessers. We're not going to get rid of 12 players in the summer. Um, and, and a lot of players we do need to try and get money for uh, because it's, it's a player trading model. Um, so there's got to be a lot of players that we want to go, who will go. There's got to be a couple of players who we don't want to go, go as well. So we can't just, it's not healthy for any squad to have 
12 to 14 players going out and another 12 to 14 coming in and replacing them. It's too much turnover. So with that, I think I think Clermont will be trying to pick the best of the bad bunch. So for me, I think Leon Balligan, I think he's good to bring him in for this season, but he'll move on. John McLaughlin, more chance of me playing in goals for Rangers and him again. Came out roof, he can't be trusted. It leaves you with on some bad as it's Ryan Jack. And I think we'll keep to Ethereum and because Ryan Jack is so unreliable, I think he's the one to go. I think Lundstrom and Barisic will stay. Um, and but the, the key here is and what the mistake we've made every transfer window is we've not improved the quality. It's okay keeping players who were starters and no longer are good enough to be starters to move into the bench, but the fact is we've kept the same level in, in the starting 11 and been seen no improvement. This time next year, if John Lundstrom was your option off the bench, um, they come on and replace Nico Ration and A and other, then I think that's healthy. Same with Borna Barisic, but um, that I don't see every one of the players going. I think Lundstrom and Barisic will stay. So, Davey, I'll let you tell me why I'm wrong. No, I, I, you're probably not wrong, Colin. You, and we, I agree, we, we can't move 12 players on. Although, I will say, Goldson and Tavernier have still got a year left, so you might get some money for them, which would, would, would help to build, boost the, the, the kitty. Uh, I think they're just making too many mistakes for me now. I think I, I, I think it's time over the next couple of windows for a total clear-out for that 12 players to go. Whether I, I sort of agree with you that Lundstrom might be OK from coming off the bench, but um, we we need a better midfield. We we really need a better midfield. And Sepuentes, I don't know. I'm still I'm trying to work out if he's a professional football player or not. I, I, I haven't seen things. I haven't seen much that sort of suggests that he is a professional footballer. But um, maybe I'm maybe I'm being a wee bit harsh. But I just think he's so lackadaisical. Am, am I the only one that thinks that? He looks as if he, he sort of walks about and. Strolls about and thinks, oh, well, maybe we'll run for this ball. The game passes him by. He's too passive to play in a two-man midfield. He either has to get a finger up his arse or, or, or we need to change where we play him because he, he was a bit of a passenger. And as I said at the start of the pod, actually not being involved in the game is worse than having a poor game in midfield, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a it's a finger he needs up his backside, uh, Colin. I, I, I think, Some uh, people I pay good money for that. I don't, I don't, I don't know what uh, what size of boot Clemon has, but uh, I think I think uh, a size forty six or something like that will, will fit in there nicely. But uh, no, we we really need to do something. Raskin, I think he he, he would move back to uh, the, the sort of a role that that Lundstrom plays, and I think that Raskin will play it better because he's he's more attacking. He'll drive us forward more because Lundstrom, and, and it doesn't matter how many weeks it takes, he always falls back into this playing this, this sort of a shadow centre half role, which, which uh, and, and line far too deep, uh, which, which Shona says at the beginning, which makes far too big a, a gap between the, the, the forwards and, and the midfield. So, yeah, I'm not going to say just this summer, I'm going to say over the next two or three windows, we virtually need to get rid of all the old ones. 
that, uh, that, that are in there. And we definitely need a good centre-half, a really good centre-half. Um, Balligan, yeah. He could. He, he has been the best, best player, probably best centre half we've, we've got. We've got at the moment. But uh, why did he miss it? Two chances today, but especially, the, especially the first one where he headed it right to the keeper. I don't know, but he got it. As Shona says he got, he got in the, he got in the end of it. But uh, unfortunately, getting in the end of it isn't enough because it doesn't count. So, I would, yeah, who would I keep? I, I, we need we need to bring in a left back, so I would say keep Barisic. But uh, the, the, yeah, keep but, but giving him a contract is is going to cost us money, and whether we would get that money back again is uh, is I mean how much we would we get for Barisic? He's, he's thirty one years old now, Davey. So it's either you yeah. you sell him in January. I I, I don't see once from. He's 29, um, he'll be 30 next year, there's potentially a few more years in him, but Barisic, I think he's he, he's well past, he, he's peaking, he is on the downward trajectory, it happens to everything football, um, but I think with Red Van Yilmaz, you either need to give Barisic a longer term contract or sell on Red Van Yilmaz, because you're right, we do need another left back, I think, and we need somebody to come in and challenge the quality. So we, we need to move one of the left backs on because Yelmaz and Barisic will both be in a decent wage. Yeah, Not well, in Forest, but I'm chasing Barisic, just only David. Mm-hmm. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But the, the unfortunate thing is he'll, he'll be able to say, if his contract's up, he'll be able to sign a, a, a pre-contract in, in, in the, in the uh, New Year window. So we probably won't get anything for him. So whether or not in the Forest are interested or not, it won't, it won't mean much for us unless they offer us money to get them and move them on in January already. That would that would, that would be the best uh, probable answer. But we definitely do. We need <laughs> we virtually the whole team. <laughs> I will. But but again, like you've made the really good point there that this this doesn't happen over one window. Um, we need to get the next three or four windows right, absolutely. But we can't do wholesale changes. Uh, it just doesn't work like that. Eh? Like we can't just get rid of players because we won't rid of them. Like unless we want to pay them all off. Like I know we're talking about our contract there, but it's not as easy as I don't like Sam Lammer, so I want somebody to go and give to to go and take him off us and pay the wages that he's getting. Um, well, when the big build was what like, the big build was last summer. We brought in twelve. We brought in twelve players, but unfortunately, we let a car salesman buy the players in. And that's putting us that that's put us back a couple of years now. That the, the the players that he's brought in, because they they, they guys are sitting there, and that's what I, I know. Sean, I said Parisic a, a contract and hope to sell him on. That's a very very dangerous thing to do because if you give him a, probably a two year contract, he's just going to sit there. Even if he's sitting with his backside on the bench for two years, he's just going to do that unless somebody comes in for him, of course. But it's a very very dangerous thing to do. I mean, how many uh, players have have, have just worked out the contract sitting on the bench. It's uh, I mean, I can't remember the guy's name now, but there was a guy for Chelsea. Four years. He was he was he was on a fortune, and he sat four years on the on the bench. So, uh, just wrapping in the money. He came he came to training in a in in his morning coat and in slippers. <laughs> I have any issues with that. <laughs> you know, I'd still always for my work if I could, but um. Well, approaching the hour mark, so we'll start out that probably. Um, I, I think 
before we go, I, I know we've probably hit on some of the more frustrating points, and I just want to go back to the point I made because I'm probably contradicting myself. I'm no worried about what I I seen today, right? Um, in terms of Clement, I think I will be worried if Clement makes the same continuous mistakes as the last two managers did, and just accept that these players will play themselves out of that form. These players have a habit of that, and until we get rid of these players, Clement has to do something different. It's not just as easy as saying drop them all because our squad's on the bare bones, but he does have to do something different and make sure this doesn't happen consistently. But I think all three of us have agreed. Like, the positives have still been there for Clement. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you for a goodbye to the listeners and a prediction for Thursday night. Um, also, a reminder to the listeners, uh, we'll be on the members page giving extra content for a pound a month join wherever you do get your podcast uh, if not if that's not your bag just find that like somewhere it's much appreciated but shona it was great having you on tell me how much rangers are going to win by on thursday well i think we're going to definitely win on thursday night i think the biggest conundrum will be obviously who comes in for corona golson but i think that might be quite refreshing so i'm going to go for 3-0, I think, to Rangers. And I think what we've got to just take from today, guys, is that we've got to look at the next six games that are coming up. And if we do not see any blitz and we get through that with everyone, I think we can just try and say that today was just one of those days for us. So, no, thoroughly looking forward to going on Thursday night. I think it's going to be absolutely Baltic in my Brock, so that's not what I'm looking forward to. But, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what we can do on Thursday night because I think what we'll do need is we'll need to see uh, a big difference from what we saw um, today, especially from the start of the game. I think that's what we want to see on Thursday night, is getting off to a good start. But no, thanks, everybody, for watching. If you just give us a wee like, that'll help us. And uh, look forward to catching up with you all soon. If not, I might see you in the legend on Thursday night. Baby, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Um, thank you for putting together those slides that we used um, for the YouTube channel as well. Um, a little bit of visual aid uh, for um, the sick of our voices. Give us a goodbye and a prediction for Thursday. Yeah, well, thanks for everybody for listening. I want to bring a couple of things in first, Colin. Before we go, we have got Dumbarton out in the Scottish Cup, I think is uh, worth mentioning. And Celtic are at home to Bucky Thistle. So that's it too. I don't know any of the other teams, uh, but the important one for us is Dumbarton out. I don't know whether that's is that on a, a plastic pitch. I think Dumbarton out. You say Dumbarton plastic. out, do you mean Dumbarton away? Dumbarton away, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, my Dutch, that's my Dutch coming in, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, oh, Dumbarton yeah. away, yeah. Um, the other thing was, I was at FC20 last uh, Saturday night. They get beat by, uh, by PSV. Unfortunately, who scored the first goal? Joey effing Fairman. <laughs> so, uh, I hated that. But anyway, what I wanted to bring in about that is they had a firework display and it was a set-up firework display so as the fans didn't have to do it, which uh, which I just thought worth a mention. That's that's uh, the way they do it. They've just got you know what I love about your good, goodbye, Davies. Um, you always... And I don't know if it's just a David thing. David Paul does it as well. You drop up your bombshell of a conversation point and I'm like, that's a pod in itself, man. So... Um, <laughs> No, it's just I I never know what's coming. Anyway, that's that was the two I things mean, I wanted to bring in. <laughs> I mean, 
My prediction is uh, I'm I'm worried about defence the defence keeping a clean sheet, so I will go for three one. Three one. Oh no, I was going to say three one. I'll I'll go four one. Um, I think we'll find our shooting boots, but again, uh, we'll probably let one in and. Uh, It'll probably be one each at halftime and our series will be main buttons, but I fancy Rangers to get the three points and to go through to... Who do you think's going to play centre-half, Colin? Sure. Davis and... See what I mean about dropping fucking conversation points in the goodbye? (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep that for the Daily News show. I'll give you my predictions then, so... Thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. Take care. (laughs) 